I am way beyond a fanatic. I'm God-possessed. Get it straight. There ain't a demon on the planet that likes Mark Barclay anymore. If that's you, clap and shout one. Say, I am God-possessed. You better get ready. Did you bring a Bible? What a tremendous day to be a Christian, and I hope you are one, and if not, ask the Lord to come live in you right now. Call us, and we'll tell you what to do next. And you can change your eternity and your destiny forever. Please do it. Plus, you'll never be sorry that you walked with God and beat all this darkness, all this evil, and be able to live a good life while you're on this planet. Right now, we're in a series called Breaking Soul Ties. I'll hold it up for you in case you want to get it. I recommend that everybody everywhere has this series and listens to it over and again. Why? Because soul ties seem to be one of the number one things that the enemy uses. You get a wrong tied soul to another, it's disastrous. Plus, in this series, we're teaching on how does a human stop from vexing his own soul. Most people live with a vexed soul. They kind of do it to themselves. There's a way out of that. I teach it in the series. And so I'll teach it here some on the telecast. I want, I, I want you to get it all. That's why I'm here. Pray for us, will you? If you can send a letter, a testimony. We love testimonies. Send some financial seed. You don't have to, but when you do, it's a great blessing. Get your Bible and get some notes and get ready we're going to study the Bible, and it's going to be awesome on Soul Ties. You brought a Bible, you held it up, you made a confession. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Amen. Come on, we got some verses to cover in a short period of time. Now, we won't exhaust this subject tonight. We may not exhaust this subject in the two or three times I plan to speak on it, but we certainly won't tonight. But we sure can get it initiated, and I pray to God this is going to help us something fierce. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved. Now that tells me that the Holy Spirit's talking to you and me. We're the dearly beloved, not the pagans, the heathens, and the sinners. He's talking to us. We're the people with the promises of God. So some people, they like to write these verses off as, well, that's not for the church. Well, that's not for today. Uh, those people are goofed up. Say goofy. Let us cleanse ourselves. So I can't, I can't give you a spiritual bath. You have to do it. It's funny to me how many people know they have to cleanse their bodies. Now, some people don't, I know. When I trained recruits, it was shocking to me as a Marine leader, as an instructor, how many of those kids were never taught to really brush their teeth, clean their toenails, shower every day. It was, uh, that was one of the things that always shocked us. Like, where do these people come from? That they don't know to bathe their body and get rid of the bacteria and the, and the, and the residue and the BO, you know? Well, people uh, seem to understand that we cleanse our bodies, we brush our teeth, 
you know? How many days you think you can go in a row and keep putting on the goop on your hair and the hairspray and not take some of it off sooner or later and, and start over, see? But the same people that claim that that's okay, in fact, I've even heard a phrase through my life that cleanliness, have you heard that phrase? Cleanliness is? Now, isn't that amazing that when it comes to living clean and like that, everyone says, oh, that's close to godliness. That's the right thing. You've got to do it. But if I ask you to cleanse your soul, then I'm cultic. I'm given bondage. I'm condemning you. We're saved by grace. We don't have to, don't worry, be happy. And it's amazing, the same major movement that's against you having a filthy soul today, including many pulpits, the same people will tell you to bathe and have good hygiene. So you got to care for yourself, have good physical hygiene, but who cares if your soul is putrefied and dirty and filled with all kinds of vexing elements? Well, the Bible cares. The Holy Spirit cares. Back to this. you got to cleanse yourselves. Now, you can't cleanse yourself without the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the Word of God, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, etc. You can't do it on your own. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> now, remember, this is a verse to save people. This isn't a verse to sinners. Now, all you sinners, cleanse yourself. This is dearly beloved who have the promises. It's talking about you. Say me. me. Okay. Give yourself a bath from all filthiness. How many? How much? All. Out loud. How much? All. Shout it at me. I want to hear it. All, all the men. All, all the women. All. That's right. This, is, this isn't, you don't just get rid of the stuff you don't want anymore. You get rid of all filthiness. Amen. It's all got to go. Say it's all got to go. All. Now look at this. There's two categories. There's two categories of filth that you got to get rid of, okay? One, all filthiness of flesh, that's pretty, I don't think we need a lot of teaching on that. Do you? Flesh, lust, sex, you know, uh, drinking, smoking, overindulgence of anything, you know. Trisexual, bisexual, homosexual, adulterous, heterosexual, fornicator, lust. This is all stuff our Bible tells you is wrong and dirty. See? Now, if I preach this today, people say, oh, you're being, you're profiling, man. You're not politically correct. Well, thank you, because I'm not trying to do either. I, I would be the first one to admit, I have no intentions of being politically correct because I'm not a politician, I'm not running for office, and, uh, and, 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 and I'm not going to sacrifice that, this, for that. I'm trying to be biblically correct, Amen. not politically correct. But public, being politically correct is changing the face of society the wrong direction. You changing the words in my mouth and dictating to me what words I can't and can and can't say for the, for the fear of being rejected or being a profiler or being unacceptable or being some hater because I said a word, but that's what's really in my heart. You're a goofball. You're going to change my mouth by force, but my heart is still whatever. Nasty, dirty, killer, murder, prejudice, 
But the bigger issue, darling, is not the words of your mouth. Why does your soul want to say that when you know it's already purposely offensive and, and, and belittling to the people that you want to say it to? That's the real issue, and that's what we're talking about in this series. Not, not the control that comes to us on anything, but the condition of our soul. Thus, we're going to discover, I hope, what your soul is tied to and what it's not. Now, I can't bathe you. I can, I can give you the spiritual tub, fill it with spiritual water, and throw in some, the refiner fire, you know, the, the refiner soap. I can give you all the cleansing agents, and I do. A great church that's a sanctuary, protected, but I cannot force you to bathe your soul. And I am not permitted to give you a soul bath. It's just as relocated or, or excuse me, dislocated. If you think that you can just have a dirty soul and bring your soul here, and my job is to give you a little soul bath, and the worship is to give you a little soul bath, and, 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 and you just come here and make yourself empty and naked before us or before God, and then go right back out there and just waller in the muck and mire again. You're going to stay bound. God wants you free, not bound. Any amens on that? Now, it's pretty self-explanatory, I think, what the filthiness of the flesh is, okay? So we got all words for that. We named some of them earlier, lust, adultery, fornication, sexual perversion. You know, there's a lot of things in that. But most people have no idea if I said, what do you think filthiness and being fleshly is? Uh, I'd get a lot of answers in here. Now, I might get a little more answers in here on the next question than I would the average church. I would hope so with all my teaching. But if I said, someone throw a hand up and tell me what, what it means to cleanse yourself from filthy spirit, because there's two categories. Cleanse yourself from all filthiness of flesh. Cleanse yourself, bathe yourself from all filthiness of spirit. What's that mean? What's that mean, I wonder? I can name lust, adultery, fornication, but most people, they don't, they don't name the occult, witchcraft, horoscope, the psychic, Dungeons and Dragons, this new game that's out, um, Sorry, lost the name of it. You can tell how often I play these. There's a new game out that's even more life-changing. Listen, I, I, don't get mad at me if I'm going to touch something that you're soul tied to and can't live without. But if your soul is attached to anything that, that, that changes your personality away from God, it's a tie you must break. It doesn't matter if it's human or it's man-made. If it, if it knots up if it's tied to you, cuffed to you, shackled to you, then just like it is a prisoner, you are a prisoner to it because the two of you are shackled together. And eventually, you will, your soul is so involved in this. See? It's one of the... I even warn my grandkids and kids about this. It's okay to have video stuff. It depends on what the content is. It's okay to have, you know, your iPad or your little game thing or, you know, whatever. However... However, is that their new life? Is that their, their, is that their new social connection? 
Because we got people now, the only social site they have is they either tweet on Twitter or they do Facebook or something like that. They don't have any real interaction. In fact, we not just young people. Now, wait a minute. We now have people, their soul is tied to this, to this, uh, this, this uh, cyber life that they have that they don't ever have face-to-face. They confront and gossip by Facebook. Why confront and gossip in person when I can just do it at will and, uh, and just write a note I don't like about you and there's not a thing you can do about it. Now that's wrong, but the thing I'm bringing up is not just the wrong element. It's the fact that you can't stop doing it. Maybe we should back up one step. Let's, let's say it, just pause a minute. Who are you looking at right now? <clears throat> No trick question. Who are you looking at right now? Okay. Some of you said Pastor Barclay, Pastor Dr. Barclay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, you're looking at three, you're looking at me. I'm three parts. You're mostly when you look, you look at my body or what it's clothed with. That's how we recognize one another, by that immediate bodily difference. It's amazing how there can be this many people and we all got a nose and ears and hair or, or not, a beard or not, but you know what I'm saying? We all got arms and legs. All the men in here are dressed like men, thank God. All the women in here are dressed like women, thank God. And yet, and yet you can pick a man out. If, 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 I, if I said, Dave Carroll, if I said, Dave, go way over there and sit in the back, I could just quickly scan the congregation. We all got noses and ears and heads and shoulders, and I can still say, Way back there in the corner, that's Dave Carroll sitting back there. Isn't it amazing? So our bodies are, that's our house. Your house is similar to other houses, but it's your house. It's unique to you. But that's not, that's not all you are. You're a spirit. Since the time God breathed into Adam, humans are spirits. You're a human spirit. Right? You're a human spirit and you live in this house. Okay? Now, I want to go deep into this because I've got other things to say, but I think we better back up and deal with this a minute. The Bible says you have a soul. This is the problem. Once your spirit man is born of the Spirit of God or reborn or born again, we call it, because Jesus called it that. Some churches don't even know what born again is anymore, and they tease us at Living Word. Now, there's other churches in town that say born again, but I hear a little teasing about us. Oh, that's that born again church. Well, they either don't know what we mean by that or some pastors have not been reading the right verses to them because it was Jesus Christ who originally and first of all used the term born again. Once your spirit man is regenerated, that's another word for it, it has been born of the Spirit of God, it's not dead anymore. The Bible refers it to as your candle. Your candle is lit by God. You're now the light of the world. You're no longer dark. You're not dead. You're not hell bound. You're heaven bound. You're born of the Spirit of God. But that's your spirit, man. The Bible says the, the Spirit, Mark Barclay, bears witness as the Holy Spirit bears witness with me and my spirit on a constant hit, just constantly, constant hit. Not once on Sunday and not again till Thursday. Constant hit. 
The Holy Spirit is saying, you're my son, you're my son, you're my son. You're born again. You're, you're born again. You're a man of God. You're a man of God. You're the righteousness of God. You're going to be okay. I'm on your side. You're my son. Constantly. The Holy Spirit, the phrase is, bearing witness with my spirit. So your spirit's not a problem. It's your spirit that's, that's God's bumping all the time. Your spirit doesn't need training. Your spirit doesn't need help. Your spirit isn't lost. Your spirit has now the breath of God, and you're alive and well unto God. Amen. Thank God. But your soul is a total different deal. You see, you were given a soul so that you could reason. You could make decisions. You would have volition. Volition is a word, a, a, a theologian's word, for you have a willpower so you don't, God doesn't have to force you to do things. You willfully do that. So in the face of God's enemies, he can say, I do not force my children to attend church. Remember what God said to Job? Excuse me. What God said to Satan when Satan said, I've been down there on the earth and I found nobody that serves you. They all serve me, Satan said. We don't know if the list was long. We only know about one that's recorded. Maybe there's 5,000. I don't know. But uh, it looks like that it was pretty few, if maybe just the one. And God said, well, I, to Satan, well, you have not run into my servant or my son, Job, have you? Oh, yeah, I know him. But he only serves you because you bless him financially. If I go down there and take all his stuff away, he will curse you and serve me like all those other humans. They only serve you when you bless them. And when you don't bless them, they follow my ways and live for me. And God said, well, I'll prove you wrong, Satan. Well, I, Satan said, well, then I'll go down there and take all his stuff away. And God said, you can touch all that stuff, but you leave my boy alone. The deal isn't you're going to get my boy and he's a pawn. The deal is you claim that he only serves me for his stuff. Pause a minute. I say to you that Satan knows whether or not you're serving God for his stuff. And if he touches your stuff, I've seen it before. If he touches your stuff and all of a sudden you got to believe God, you have a soul breakdown. You have an emotional issue going on. All right, enough on that. Except for your soul has the willpower, the volition, your reasoning, your choices, your decision-making, your flavors, your desires, your wants, your dreams. Whether you like it hot or cold, whether you like to sit mostly or stand, go fast or go slow. Whether, you like, whether you're married a beautiful blonde or, or an awesome brunette, see? Whether a hunk of a man to you, honey, is tall and broad or, or, or he's a geek and he wears deep glasses and, and he knows computers better than the guy that wrote the software. But there's something in your soul, not your spirit and not your flesh. There's something in your soul that, that, that dictates for you your flavors and your choices and what you think is cool and, and what other people think is dumb and you think is great. And they look at, they look at something and say, that's ugly. And you look at it and say, oh my God, that's beautiful. That's your soul. Now see, it isn't your spirit, man, you're trying to get saved. It's your soul. The Bible in the New Testament talks about the saving of the soul. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, it talks about. 
That's not your spirit, man. It's born again. It's born of God's spirit. It's talking to God. Bump, 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 bump. Remember my illustration? It's your soul that you're trying to get across the finish line. Because your soul, which also houses what the Bible calls your mind. This is a problem. That's why you and I must renew our mind. Bathe that brain. Make every thought be subject to the Word of God. Because if you don't, that very one little itsy-bitsy little teeny-weena, teeny-weeny thought could be the one little teeny little thought that your brain uses to steer you to not trust God, His Word, or anything about just one little teeny little thing. That's how powerful your brain is. Your brain is so powerful, man. That's why they use the placebo in the laboratories uh, and on and on and on because your brain has such power. Remember the guy that Roy Hicks taught us about that he died of a disease, but the doctor said he never had it, but his brain killed him. He convinced himself he had it, he convinced himself that around this age, I'm going to die with this disease I, all the time he lived. I, when I hit whatever it was, 56 years old, I'm going to die of this disease. They died and the coroner said, Brother Hicks told us this story. He died and the coroner said, he died. And finally, Roy Hicks said, he did the funeral. He said, the coroner wrote on there, his brain killed him. Think about that. Because he said he had all the symptoms of this disease that were beginning to show up, but it wasn't in his genes, it wasn't in his blood, there was no sign of it in his system. Every test they tested for that disease, it was not there, but yet the symptoms come. That's how powerful your brain is. But your brain is in your soul. The Bible says about your brain, it's the only part of you that literally causes enmity, a severing a cutting away between you and God. And, and, well, I don't know. It's amazing. Your brain will believe a lie and a gossip that quick, but I'll have to work hard to convince you that what I'm telling you is truth. Most people are 99% soulful uh, of the soul and only about 1% ever spiritual. Everything's about feelings, emotions, interpretations, politically correct. What do I think about it? What do you think about it? Now, I want to say a phrase, but I want to discourage you about education. But one of our problems is that we've been universityized. That's what I call it. Now, I'm not against a university, so you've got to interpret what I say, okay? I'm mean, certainly not against education. However, we've been universityized. What do you mean by that? Here's the university. I am taught that to take this item and examine it, set in the lectures, dissect it, do the lab on it, whatever it is, whatever we're talking about, and, and when I'm all done, be influenced by the teacher, because that's what he's there for, and he's supposed to be non-biased, but he's going to be biased, and he's going to tell, and then I'm going to form my thoughts about that item and so that I can explain why I feel these thoughts about that item, and that's what, that will always be my take on that particular item. However, I must also respect your view on this item and make room for you for the sake of peace and political correctness. You can debate me, but only so far because, you know, if we go any farther than that, then of course that's not lawful because we must respect one another's 
minds. The mind, Dr. Fred Price said it the best I've ever heard it. Dr. Price, many, I've heard him say this many times, but Dr. Price is one of my, uh, is, he's one of my heroes. I think Fred Price is one of the finest preachers and teachers that America has had ever stand up in the last 50 years, man. This is a fine man, and he's an elder in the church, and I love, I love what he stands for. I love when he said this. And uh, I was in the meeting when he said this. He said, the mind is the real arena that you live in. It's the real arena of faith. Brother Osteen was in that meeting preaching the next day. John Osteen's picked up on what Dr. Price said, and Dr. Osteen said, if you don't win the battle in your mind, you never win the battle. Until you win the battle in your mind, you will never win the battle. This is the problem. This is the interpreter. This is what understands. This is what misunderstands. Are you listening to me? We call it mindset. Are you okay? You still with me? Mindset. I've illustrated this many times. But if I said, all of a sudden, if I said, oh my God, there's a snake in that aisle. Well, I'm illustrating, but I'll tell you the truth. If I just out of the blue wouldn't have set you up for this and just yelled, oh my God, there's a snake. Half these women would have jumped on their chair if they thought I was serious about it, thinking about a reptile. But a plumber would have thought, oh, a snake's what he uses to clean out the plumbing. He would have thought, I left that in the church. Thought I put that in my truck. Hmm? And all the women that had been stalked by foul men would say, which one is he? What snake's he talking about? That's a problem that we have even preaching is we know what we're saying. We know what we mean to say. I know what I'm trying to communicate, but I have no control over your mindset of how you're going to interpret what I'm saying, and that's the robbery of Satan. And if you don't keep washing your mind with this book, then man, who knows what you're going to understand. This is half the problem with young people when they start disconnecting now, listen to me. Young people will start disconnecting from their parents and taking their soul, their thinking, their feelings, what they want, and they'll make new connections to friends. And before you know it, I, this is every generation. Young people start raising themselves, and they raise each other. absolutely love bringing the Word of God to you like this. I hope you were able to watch the entire broadcast. If not, jump on our website and make sure you know when the next one's on in the next station. We're all over the place on television and you can come visit us if you want. There's information on the website about that as well. I want to remind you to get our series. That's what we're teaching on. How to break wrong soul ties. Once you tie a soul to a soul, it becomes extremely difficult to break that thing. That's why a lot of people, though they're good people, they live wrong, they get in a lot of trouble, they live in depression and darkness, they can't figure out what's going on. 
And it could be also, besides the soul tie, they are vexing their own soul. The Bible talks about this. We've been talking about it in the television series, but you can get it and go in even deeper. So order it now, call in, get it. You know what to do. Get on the website bookstore. Uh, breaking soul ties, you gotta have it. I pray you know my Jesus. And if not, accept him right now. Say, Lord, come live in me. Come live in me, change me, redeem me. Change my path from damnation to eternal salvation. He'll do it, he turns nobody away. Then call upon us. We don't want anything from you, we'll help you. Tell everybody you know, about the telecast, about the ministry. Send a seed when you can, and I will see you on the next telecast. Amen. <laughs>